I learned a new joke. Would you like to hear it? It's about ghosts. O- okay. Last. Remember, the last time you told me a joke, <laughs> it wasn't the best. Continue. That's the spirit. <laughs> That's it. That's the whole joke. Oh. with the joke you told me last week yeah i mean dear hank and john is opening with dad jokes and i feel like we're allowed to do that once on this podcast and this was that one time yeah okay fair (laughs) my name is heidi and white people need to stop talking about spirit animals and i'm rory and i started rewatching go more girls we're pretty obsessed with books and movies and music and every episode we talk about ones that we enjoy be warned there are spoilers ahead so i have some thoughts about our book so we need to just get the title and the author out there because there are some thoughts the maltese falcon by dashiell hammett let's start with dashiell is a real name that wasn't just made up for the incredibles (laughs) i love it i honestly until i read this book it's dash (laughs) like i thought that dash was a name they made up like Dashiell Robert Parr. I'm like, Dashiell's not a real name. Dashiell's not a real name. But it is, and that makes it even better. Oh, yeah. I kind of love the name Dashiell. Like, what? What? (laughs) Who decides? (laughs) And also, like, matching Dashiell. That's not a fun phrase to say. With any normal name. Yeah. Like, Dashiell William. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just Dashiell Robert. (laughs) Dashiell Robert Parr. Oh, he's in trouble. All right, Maltese Falcon. Um, let's get two things out of the way. It's got a lot of homophobia and a lot of sexism. Uh-huh. It is also a product of its time. That is yes. not a defense. And so while we are clearly recommending reading this book, we are not recommending taking this book as gospel. Yes. Um, there are some books that you can be like, ah, yes. These views are unproblematic, and I can read it kind of with my eyes closed. This is not one of them. But also we've talked about Fight Club and John Dies at the End and a lot of other books that have, shall we say, problematic perspectives. Yes, (laughs) we shall. Yeah, um, written in 1929. Mm -hmm. That's the year I'm getting, so. Yeah, no, that's the year it was written. And also, like, additionally, Mm the this genre has been like parodied to death. Oh yes. <laughs> so uh this is a noir crime novel. One of the greatest and most respected noir crime novels, which uh-huh. means it is also a uh, peak product of its time. Yes. The Maltese Falcon is a literal statuette from Malta, a gold bejeweled bird. <laughs> I had the opportunity to say bejeweled bird and I took it. Gold bejeweled bird. <laughs> Covered in black enamel that is like leading this group of people on an international where in the world is the Maltese Falcon kind of chase. Yep. And it lands them right in Samuel Spade's office in San Francisco. Hey. So uh, one that made the movie very, very good because as you may have noticed, there are like three locations, two hotel rooms, Uh Sam Spade's office and like that one street corner. (laughs) Yeah. Like it doesn't have any of these, like the big sleep problems where you have to visit 19 locations. This is also why PS um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the movie because can you imagine this book as a movie in yeah. black and white in your head? Yeah. Great, you've seen the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, d- like, as I was reading it, I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, the lead is played, like, Sam Spade is played by Humphrey Bogart. There, you've watched the movie. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, so, uh, 
Okay. Also, do you see how inappropriate <laughs> the casting of Humphrey Bogart was as <laughs> Philip Marlowe? Yes. <laughs> it's just... I now understand. It's wrong. Yeah. It's so uncomfortably wrong. Oh. But he's perfect for Sam Spade. Like, just... Yeah. Stunningly perfect. Also, what a name. Sam Spade. Ugh. It is such a good name. I like it. Although, it does upset me that that is not the name of Deadshot from DC Comics, that that's not his real name. Oh, yeah. Sam um, Spade. But it is the real name of the detective in the Maltese Falcon. Uh, yes. Yeah, so the premise is that these people stumble into Sam's office, uh, all chasing this blackbird. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the whole premise that's of the it. novel. Um, it was written in 1929, so here is your last chance to not know who did it before we tell you it was the girl. Yeah. <laughs> it, the girl it did it. The girl. it. the girl did it. Um, <laughs> I know. I'm like, come on. Yeah. 1920. Are you... Also, like... They're trying to trick us, but now that it's... Also, they... they It was 90 years ago. It was a plot twist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 90 years ago, uh, nobody saw coming that Bridget was that bitch. Yeah. But uh, it is 2019. We all know she's that bitch. She really is. And I'd we like to... We can smell that bitch from a mile away. Yeah. And even knowing, like, that if you know that Humphrey Bogart plays Sam Spade, like, it's worth watching the film just to hear his delivery of what might be the greatest line uh, in history. And I'm going to find it because it's so good. I'm going to read. It's a substantial quote because what precedes it uh, does matter. So this is this is Bridget talking. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not even starting at the beginning of her speech. I am starting like two-thirds of the way through makes sense Bridget talks a lot especially near the beginning when she's still playing nice you can spare me some of that strength and resourcefulness and courage surely help me Mr. Spade help me because I need help so badly and because if you don't where will I find anyone who can no matter how willing help me I've no right to ask you to help me blindly but I do ask you be generous Mr. Spade you can help me help me Spade who had held his breath through much of this speech now emptied his lungs with a long, sighing exhalation between pursed lips and said, You won't need much of anybody's help. You're good. You're very good. It's chiefly your eyes, I think, and that throb you get into your voice when you say things like, Be generous, Mr. Spade. Ah, yep. Oh, they're just... Yep. The monologues yeah. in this book. Yeah. Like, can I, next time I need to audition, just... Oh my gosh, please... <laughs> Can I do Spade's closing monologue, like the list of reasons Please. why he is going to have her hung? <gasps> Please. I want to do that. If we do that again this summer, I'm doing it. <laughs> the monologue auditions? Any yeah. of the monologues. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, my gosh. Either that or the one from uh, Dumplin'. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, given, given the show. Yeah. But look at the number of them. Now, on the other side, we've got what? All we've got is the fact that maybe you love me and maybe I love you. And it's like, oh, my gosh, this is what Gilded Lily is making fun of. Yep. (laughs) Like the case of the Gilded Lily, the send up of the Maltese Falcon. (laughs) Exactly. Like rivers of hair. (laughs) I do this exact action so often. And he put the beginning of a friendly smile into his eyes and mouth. <laughs> oh, wow. Indeed. Just like, all right, let's go. Indeed. And friendly. Go. Okay. I also want to th- 
throw out there that this book is a standalone and I feel like it reads in like such a complete world yeah like it feels like there is this long history we're supposed to already know about right um which is a good writer's trick that he tricks me into feeling like I know the long history between Spade and Ira even though like clearly they have just been invented right yeah yeah also he is like he's got to be like the Jamie Lannister of sexy time because (laughs) how else is he tricking all of these women honestly like that's got to be that's got to be the the whole that's that's the thing yeah it's Sam Spade the Jamie Lannister of San Francisco wink finger gun (laughs) finger gun Mm. You're not going to go around poking at the fire and straightening up the room again, are you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's so many good little pokes. Oh, they're all so, like, witty. Yeah. And it's dialogue you can actually say. Right. Which I love. I love dialogue. I love saying things. (laughs) Yeah. Well, sometimes you read a book and sometimes on this podcast we'll have read a book and try to quote something. It's like, oh, that does not feel right coming out of the mouth. Yeah, no. It's like food that way can go in but it doesn't come out yep <laughs> he went like that spade said like a fist when you open your hand oh such a good or like a lap when you stand up <laughs> mm. well not according to philip marlowe <laughs> <laughs> <Oof. laughs> also i would like to put out there on record and in public that i find book version of philip marlowe irresistibly sexy and sam spade a huge turnoff yeah like let's just get that out there like philip marlowe oh man it's a good thing i think he's asexual because i do not have what it takes to resist uh, those baby blues no 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 those baby blues being that suit he walked outside in a baby blue suit (laughs) dang (laughs) and meanwhile sam spade is like these eyes indicate i will not live long my liver is damaged i know it's just complete yellow (laughs) his yellow face (laughs) the yellow brown eyes yeah and also like that joe cairo's a joel cairo's a little bit into it it's like what does joel okay joel because joel is like clearly a little bit into it yeah (laughs) which is real weird yeah um joel cairo is is grossly offensive (laughs) As uh-huh. a gay character. <laughs> yes. But also, um, it is delightful to watch the uh, original actor playing him. Because he really does go for it. Uh-huh. But not, like, in a campy way. Like, uh-huh. I don't know if this will make sense. The acting choices are less offensive than the novelization. Oh, nice, nice. Like, the acting, it's like, right, oh, okay, so right. he's playing it He's playing it gay. Right. Like, he's playing it very gay. Right. Um, Mr. Gutman. A fat man named Mr. I know. Gutman. I was wondering when we were going to talk about that. <laughs> but I was reading it and I was like, oh, ha, 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 Because, like, his explanations were, like, very intense. Yeah. And then it got to um, Mr. Gutman said, I'm like, hold on. <laughs> Mr. Gutman. <laughs> well, it's spelled Gutman. The fat man was flabbily fat. <laughs> With bulbous pink cheeks and lips and chin and chins and neck with a great soft egg of a belly that was all his torso and pendant cones for arms and legs. Like, (laughs) he describes him as like Patrick Star, like a pink, a large pink star grabbing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, Patrick? Question mark. I mean, but also like, 
it, it is a terrible way of describing someone, but also there is a very different kind of look to someone who's like Kingpin from Marvel Comics. Yeah. And this guy. Yeah. Because this guy uh, looks like he smells bad. Yeah. <laughs> like a... Uh, is, is like the description, and he doesn't, like that's yeah. actually stated in the novel, which tells you a lot. Oh my gosh. Everything about this yeah. book. <laughs> wow. Yeah. They treat Wilmer so badly. Oh, yeah. But also, he's a little crazy. No, he's a little crazy. I feel like uh, Wilmer, this is my headcanon and I'm sticking to it, Uh that Wilmer, after gunning down Gutman and and uh, Cairo, or sorry, shooting at Cairo, killing Gutman, uh, escaped to Los Angeles and became what my dad calls the leather boy in the big sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't live that much longer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know leather boy, yeah. leather boy. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Also, <laughs> he is he is my inspiration for in my head what I would want to do if Nancy from Oliver was played by a boy, like that. <laughs> that makes so much sense. <laughs> like, what if Nancy was a boy? And I'm like, is that Don't a gun in it. your pants, or are you just happy to see me? Oh, I'm very disappointed to see you. It's a gun. <laughs> It's a gun. (laughs) Are you sure? Well, potato, potato. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yep. He adjusted himself to beams falling, and then no more of them fell, and he adjusted himself to them not falling. Yep. I love that. That was the line that made me think Fight Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the only one that had, like, a little bit of flair, but that feels very... Flair. Tyler. (laughs) Very... Feels very Tyler. It does. It Ooh, really does. That is not a name that's easy to purr. Tyler. I don't. I didn't like that. Tyler. <laughs> Tyler. Tyler. <laughs> Just also how much the cops hate Spade. Like yeah. <laughs> like Spade is such a jerk. And like deserve <laughs> deservedly. Yeah. I don't know. No, they totally that. have every right to. And I know we're talking about, like, the big sleep in contrast to, but also, like, everyone kind of does. Like, yeah. I feel like they're allowed to yeah, be compared. Yeah. Um, and also, we've we've already done the big sleep on the podcast. Right. Marlo is, like, charming and nice, and so he gets away with a lot of crap. Like, right. the police don't like him, but... But, like, oh, it's Marlo. Like, you better know what you're doing. And Sam Spade is, like, the only reason we are not beating you in the street is because we assume you will get us a bigger collar. If you do not successfully get us a bigger collar, big enough... To make up for us having to deal with you, we are going to deal with you the old-fashioned way. Right. We will find a crime for you to be guilty of. Yeah. They're literally just always trying to find a crime for him to be guilty of. Yeah. It's, like, literally, like, it's probably Sam. Yeah. It's Sam. Maybe. And, like, that's why at the end he's very, very, mm-hmm. like, no, I have to. Because they just want me to go to jail. Like, I'll be hung. Yeah. You'll get off in 20 years. I'll be hung. Yeah. We have to have a fall guy. Yeah. What if we don't, what if we don't have a fall guy? You don't understand. Then I'm the fall guy. (laughs) Yeah. Someone's going to take the fall. What if nobody takes the fall? That's not how this works. works. You can leave. I work here. Yeah. Because I assure you that a thief who knew its value would not burden himself with anything else. No, sir. At least not anything less than crown jewels. Hmm. I also like that Gutman starts off looking like he might be like in charge and then it like slowly gets more and more where he, it's like no Spade's in charge here 
You just have money. Spades in charge. Also, Jesus God, is this the first thing you guys ever stole? You're a fine lot of lollipops. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I love Jesus God. God. <laughs> yeah. Spade, too, was all smiling blandness. That's me every time a tweaker comes into the store. Just, I can feel my personality draining into my toes. It will remain there for the duration of your stay in my store. Yep. Yeah. It's both very funny and uh, very serious as a book. And it takes place in, like, yeah. a very clean timeline. Like, it's two-ish days. Mm-hmm. Like, two to three days. Um, which is nice. It's fun to have a story where it's like, I can keep track of it. And unlike a lot of noir stories, there is a trackable number of characters. There's, like, five people you really need to think about. And there's uh, and there's some people where it's like, yeah, okay, as long as you remember the cops as a group, you're good. Like, yeah. the cops and the DA. Wilmer. Yeah. Gutman. Cairo. Bridget. Yeah. Sam. Miles and his wife, Effie. Yeah. Although Effie really doesn't do anything, like, different. She's just kind of conveniently there yeah also spade hitting effie every time i'm like go home sam go home sam i have a few more comments Mm. they're all gems if he's got to be careful not to drink too much it's because he's not to be trusted when he does talking something you can't do talking something you can't do judiciously (laughs) unless you keep in practice Excellent, excellent. Um, he leaned against the door frame and observed the occupants of the room with the polite, detached air of a disinterested spectator. Isn't that all, PDs? <laughs> it really <laughs> is. Spade's smile flickered out at the instant of the impact, but returned immediately with a dreamy quality added. <laughs> Addition of dreaminess. <laughs> also, just one of those sexism examples. How's your woman's intuition today? <laughs> Love it. It's tough him getting it like that. Miles had his faults, same as the rest of us, but I guess he must have had some good points, too. I guess so. Spade agreed in a tone that was utterly meaningless and went out of the alley. <laughs> like, oh, that's rough. Ooh. When your partner is like, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, sure. Her right hand went out and cracked sharply against his cheek, leaving the imprint of fingers there. I just love... I just love the description of cracked mm-hmm. when you're talking mm. about like whips. And yes. like I don't know why I like that description. <laughs> it just it's like a satisfying feeling inside. Yeah. Well, it's one of those secret onomatopoeias. Yeah, because it totally is. But I always forget that it is. Yeah. Uh, the boy's hands were in his overcoat pockets. His pockets bulged more than his hands need have made them bulge. <laughs> <laughs> it's a gun. <laughs> Well, it's also, is he gay or European? Because apparently, (laughs) Spade, like, I feel like it's one of those jokes on Spade that all of the gays are kind of into it. Yeah. Like, I can can see it, because the women are kind of on the fence about it. Right. I mean, really, Sam could get it with anyone in this story, except for Effie, who seems uh, to actually realize that Sam Spade is the worst. Right. Go her. She got there. (laughs) One person in this story (laughs) got there. The muscles holding his smile in place stood out like whales. Of course, you lied to us about your sister and all, but that doesn't count. We didn't believe you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. He's just such a problematic fave. He's such a problematic. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. No, I mean, there's no defense of Sam Spade. Yeah. But also, it's so clearly got problems yeah. that it's enjoyable again. Yeah. Because it's not that sneaky kind of problematic right. where you feel like somebody's going to accidentally they're convert. Like trying to, they're, like, trying to get away with it. Yeah, no, he's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> and that's good, because that means that uh, we can acknowledge his worstness and then uh, go back to reading. Yes. And the that, friends, brings us to... What might be one of the weirdest movies to get greenlit. It's so weird. <laughs> In its final form. And like so many other versions of this movie would have made sense. Yeah. But the version that exists just doesn't. It, no. The film is Bugsy Malone. <laughs> so weird. Why with the children? So if you have not seen Bugsy Malone, here is kind of the principal weirdness of it. There are child actors and grown-up voices, and the children are playing, like, in a film about grown-up prohibition things and, like, a gang war, but it's, and sometimes it's on the child level, and sometimes it's not, as far as where the issues lie, Um, and it's just very weird to see baby Jodie Foster prancing <laughs> around while a clearly not Jodie Foster is singing and it's like this is a whore song yeah <laughs> like this is a song about being a slut <laughs> and ah. getting paid <laughs> which means that she's a whore not a slut yep Tallulah oh my gosh just ugh. Ugh. <laughs> what a <laughs> trash <laughs> also <laughs> my inner fat Sam comes out with the mention of Tallulah yeah. <laughs> <Ugh>. Gross. <laughs> like, oh, my problematic fave. Yeah. Uh, the plot of Bugsy Malone is that Bugsy Malone, who exists for reasons, uh, we, I'm not even sure. Well, does he have a job? Not really. Like, <laughs> He's just he Bugsy a- Malone. <laughs> yeah, his job is being handsome. His job is to sw- <laughs> sweep the children off their feet. And it's oh. not inappropriate because he, He's too, is, is a, a child. child. <laughs> He's one of those 12-year-olds whose voice dropped a little young, which means it's, like, my pitch. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, Bugsy Malone gets caught in the crossfire between two rival gangs. Uh Uh-huh. And he starts off with trying to impress this girl from out of town and ends up having to settle a gang war. (laughs) And Uh. in uh, 1920s during the Prohibition, which is part of why this book... uh, felt familiar but also like tonally yeah it's very weird yeah <laughs> and very good weird but very weird weird just to s- s- set the scene some of the people's names bugsy malone blousey brown <laughs> and she's someone who b- who wears blouses yeah so it's great uh fat sam oh dandy dan <laughs> oh Dandy Dan is like <laughs> a white Joe Cairo. Let's just get that out there. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. like Dandy Dan, it's like, oh wow, we are really gonna say that without saying anything, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, Dandy Dan, Tallulah. Um, I don't. There's not that Knuckles is one of the yeah Knuckles gang dudes. There's the gang dudes. <laughs> yeah. They have like a whole song about how yeah. they're bad guys. It's called <laughs> Bad Guys. Uh, it's called Bad Guys. <laughs> Which, uh, Pretty good. every now and then, uh, I'll be, r- like, when I'm rereading All Involved, I'll just hear, <laughs> Bad Guys. And I'm like, <laughs> we are the very worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> like <laughs> it means I'm into some gangster shit. <laughs> We're ratting to the car. And my congratulations, no one loves you anymore. Bad guys. This means we're into some gangster shit. Hey. <laughs> it's the worst. Oh. Um, the gang leaders are Fat Sam and Dandy Dan. Dandy Dan's this rich dude who, like, his grandfather, grandfather invented, invented apple pie. No, key lime pie. Key lime pie. Key right. lime pie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm like slowly we've also done a stage version of this like there's a film and we've done we've done the yeah. stage version together and like there are details that I'm like oh no we put that in the story like that yeah. there's a plant oh my god I can't I like cannot see Dandy Dan without his box like I'm yeah. like and Dandy Dan has a box and I'm like wait no that no, was just doesn't. us that was just us also his Dandy wife is yeah okay so what we added to the story when we did our brilliant <laughs> stage version and we suggest that, that if you ever do this please yeah. do because it's excellent yeah well and we did it with with kids which is how you yeah. should do Bugsy Malone well, can you yeah. imagine Bugsy Malone <laughs> with actual adults <laughs> it'd just be a regular story wait 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 a little weird wait what if the EO could do this what if they had the grown-ups singing backstage and the kids doing all the acting this is our worst best idea I it's love better it. than Hamill Oh, okay. I love it. okay. Not by much, though. No. Anyway, <laughs> um, so we accidentally, we, the directing staff, accidentally double cast one of Tallulah's uh, chorus girls as Fat Sam's wife. And no. so we. Dandy Dan's wife. Dandy Dan's wife. Fat sorry. Sam Fat is the owner of yeah. the um, speakeasy. Yeah. Love that word. Uh, of the spe- <laughs> Fat Sam's Grand Slam. Speak easy. <laughs> yes. Speak easy. It, it's a great place. Yeah. Um, but that's where the dancers are. So the yeah. dancers work for Fat, Fat Sam, Sam and they perform yeah. there. Okay. So we accidentally double cast one of Fat Sam's chorus girls as Dandy Dan's wife. And so we decided, let's just leave the casting as is and have her be a double agent. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I love. Which is epic and really added to the story, really yeah. built it out. But the other thing is uh, with children... As you may have known from having seen any children ever, uh, the boys are sometimes shorter than the girls. And if you've ever seen any drama ever, you know that the girls far outnumber the boys. So our solution to Dandy Dan being about eight inches shorter than his wife was to give him a box. and Painted red, might I add. (laughs) And every time Dandy Dan came on stage, one of the gang members would be following behind and put the box down, and then he would get onto it and start talking. So, like, from the way the best thing it really is ever done. That is also, like, right next to Lumiere Firefingers, like, that oh, up yeah. until Lumiere Firefingers, that was my best addition to any show I've ever done. Uh-huh. It's like, let's give Dandy Dan a box. <laughs> I love it so much. It was perfect because, like, he would he would snap his fingers and the box would be there and he'd step onto it and then he'd start talking. Yeah. And, like, he would move, so he would get off the box, walk, and then get back onto an- the box when it was moved. Yeah. Or, like, if he got off of the box, everyone would just kneel. Yeah. <laughs> because it was- yeah. It was very weird, very like Kapu Law with white people, yeah. and it was great. Um, Dandy Dan's box. I mean, Fat Sam is just so done with everyone all the time. One hundred percent. I loved it. It was so great. <laughs> Rory got to play Fat Sam, which is yeah. like also before anyone says anything, that was the part she auditioned for. <laughs> that was the part she wanted. It was. <laughs> it was also the kind of thing where. Uh, it worked. It was fine. Nobody cared. 
also, were there any other roles in that show that you would have had any fun playing at all? No, Fat Sam was the best. That's why I auditioned for Fat Sam. <laughs> Bugsy Malone. <laughs> well, Dandy Dan. The girls would have had an easier time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, Bugsy Malone is a very weird film, and it has like yeah. uh, these huge undertones of like innocence versus guilt and sexualizing yeah. children in like a in a way that like also makes you feel gross yeah just the whole story it's very weird yeah you know what if okay this is the emotional feeling of Bugsy Malone and I need you to be a friend and just accept that this is how I feel watching it uh-huh. I feel like I'm sitting in jelly like a bathtub <laughs> full of jelly Ew. <laughs> or something like gelatinous like yeah. not water but jelly but jelly yeah like not necessarily yeah. grape jelly or sh- but like yeah like yeah. gelatinous water yeah like i'm like swimming in syrup or something like yeah it's not bad but it don't feel normal yeah <laughs> this is not how i normally feel with with <laughs> this feeling it's not how I normally swim, but okay. Well, I guess this will work out just fine. But we're swimming. All right, then. B- bath time with bubbles. Yeah. There's like, they they shoot each other with pies. Yeah. But like out of a gun-shaped things. But like when we did it, we did it at a school, so we couldn't have anything shaped like guns. So there were like hair dryers. Yeah. And like yeah. briefcases. <laughs> Which also that like... silly shit came <laughs> I mean, we really were trend setting because redoing it now it would have been a full-blown Gina Linetti have you ever met a human woman hey Knuckles do you have a hair dryer in your bag what I'm not an animal (laughs) (laughs) oh like whoops that's the actual hair dryer um there's also like Lena Morelli who uh is you know Eliza Minnelli send up yeah Uh, excellent excellent character such a fun song called show business pronounced show business Um, The business we call show. So good. Uh, And and also, the next year we did Annie and we got to have The Wizard of Oz starring uh, Lena Morelli. Yep. Which was just a great moment. We love our Easter eggs. Yeah. I mean, Easter eggs are the best. And and the Maltese Falcon really is made fun of quite thoroughly by everything. Like, it's so iconic that Uh even though, like, a movie, like, say, Gilded Lily, which... Uh, we've talked about before, but Gilded Lily, which is on YouTube for free, put out by Shipwreck hey. Comedy. It's so good. Uh, yeah. Like, even if they're not sending up a specific scene, yeah. they're sending it up. 100%. All the time. All of the time. <laughs> Easy peasy. Archetypal squeezy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fair. Fair. Yeah, Bugsy Malone. So weird. It it was a great time, very hot, but a great time. Mm-hmm. And the film um, is a great time. Yeah, but you will feel uncomfortable emotionally. Yeah, um, it's just it's but weird. in a good way. It's weird. It is. It is also the moment right before a knuckle cracks. Like that is yeah. the emotion of watching Bugsy Malone is like right before, and then it's like, okay, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have a. Uh, all right, so we have we have a book that is got a lot of problems, but like takes itself very seriously, mm-hmm. um, but is almost impossible to take seriously given the way that things have changed. Right, like it feels like a send up of itself, right? Um, a little bit, 
until you get lost in it. Right. And then we have a movie that is like clearly doing some heavy hitting yeah. commentary and is occasionally a little too heavy handed. Yeah. And I feel like somewhere in the holy ground that is that you get Taylor Swift clapback music. She should just release an album <laughs> Can called clapback music. I mean, I might make a Spotify playlist that's just the Tay Please do. The Tay Tay clapbacks. Yeah, please um, do. Because they they're so quite a mood. <laughs> like you have songs like from Speak Now, songs like Mean. <laughs> All you are is mean and a liar and pathetic. <laughs> Um, oh my innocent, which was the the Kanye West clapback, uh-huh. and it's just like, wow, Ooh. times have changed. Times are changing. They are. Do you have a favorite Taylor Swift throwing heat song? I definitely do. I've never thought about it, so <laughs> not particularly. <laughs> okay, this is not a specific category in which I have thought about. All right, so I feel like all Taylor Swift songs can be put into broadly speaking four boxes. My ex, I am reminiscing about. Uh-huh. My daydream. My ex, I am angry at. Yep. <laughs> and the industry. <laughs> and that's uh-huh. it. Like, she, ha- and like, or she has like a fifth kind of nebulous category about like current romance, but that, yeah. I feel like that could really be combined with like the daydream. Right. In that it's like the current romance might be like romanticizing friendship or right. romanticizing like the experience of being a celebrity or whatever. Right. Um, but it's like rose colored glasses yeah. and then blood colored glasses. Yeah. Are kind of where it shakes out. Yeah. Um, Cause there's, there's songs like, you know, Enchanted, the old, yeah. the old song oh, about yeah. Adam Young, where oh, it's yeah. like, this very much feels like love story and, yeah. and um, like Holy Ground and other songs like that. And the more the more Taylor Swift makes music, the more I'm like, my lady, are you doing therapy? <laughs> my lady. Because <laughs> please do. <laughs> please do therapy. Um, it's like, well, it, I mean, we already have to put an explicit tag on the podcast. So this one, this one episode. Yeah. But it's like when I accidentally told uh, my coworker that good sir translates directly to ya bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good sir. Ya bitch. Yeah. Good sir, have you done the thing yet? <laughs> um, okay, so blank space is is probably the most epic of the clapbacks. Oh yeah. So for those of you who are like, how is that a clapback? There's a never-ending rumor that Taylor Swift is a hoe. Uh huh. And so blank space is a song about how this this character, this woman, Taylor Swift, yeah, uh, with a trademark like Taylor Swift as trademark, the, yeah, <laughs> the character Taylor Swift, um. Like, meets a guy, tricks him into falling in love with her by becoming whatever he wants, and then kind of eats him alive, metaphorically speaking. Yeah. Which is very Bridget O'Shaughnessy. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the connection yeah. point. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, can we make a whole segment about just blank space? <laughs> um, the blank space is on a tombstone. Spoiler yes alert. Yes, we can. It's also very um Carmen Sternwood. You know. Yeah. Blank space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll write your name on this tombstone, yeah. because I am crazy. Um, but it's like clearly a song in which Taylor Swift is mocking like yeah. the idea of Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. which is fascinating. Very fun. I appreciate that. And then we get look what you made me do where you're like, are you sure that it's still a joke? <laughs> <laughs> like, OK, but <laughs> I mean, that's very be kind to me, Mr. Spade. 
help me. Ooh, look what you made me do. <laughs> Just rolls off the tongue. Uh, yeah. Taylor Swift makes in making sexy noises into the mic makes me uncomfortable. Like some artists, it doesn't. Hosier. I'm like, yeah, okay. It's fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Every <laughs> noise he makes into the mic. <laughs> well, I mean, he's just sighing in Irish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, look what you made me do is such an epic, like, because th that's the music video where it's like old Taylor Swift's getting killed by new Taylor Swift. Yeah. <coughs> Which is insane. Like, I really hope she's in yeah. therapy. <laughs> Get better. <laughs> yeah, the clapbacks have changed from, you know, kind of sweet songs and into Look What You Made Me Do. Yeah. And I, I feel like that evolution uh, is really fascinating. And I do want to make a chronological playlist now of, like, the songs that sound like they are pointed. Yeah. And pointed at the industry, not at, like, an ex or someone right. who cheated. Because that's, that's a very different feel. Because yeah. that's not really a clapback. That's a revenge song. Yeah. And as that she said revenge. herself on Speak Now, there is nothing I do better than revenge. <laughs> Oh yeah, and that that song is not properly speaking what we are considering a Taylor Swift clap back. No, um, so I'm sure there's a ton that we missed, but let's just get that out there. Yeah, that like Taylor Swift at the record industry, which um, I say this with all respect to her. Like you know, I admire her as an right. artist and a musician. Also, like it's spoilers ahead. All of these songs are bops. Yeah, we yeah. don't bash artists no. here. Unless they are, wait for it, Ernest Hemingway. Yes, that is the <laughs> only person who we will drag. No, I just forgot his name because I don't like him. <laughs> I was like, um, I'm like, uh, Edgar Allan Poe, Murder Mystery Party. Uh, but we like Wells. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay, so all of these songs are bops. I would just like to say that nobody has ever clap backed at the music industry as hard as Sarah Bareilles and no one yeah. ever will. No. No. Like Love Song is the greatest single piece of oh. artist at the art of all time. Um arguably the best like F you to the music industry. Yeah. Ed Sheeran tried with uh You Need Me, I Don't Need You. Right. Like and that was good, but it was a little bit aggressive mm -hmm. and also was not a number one hit right like that's the key to these pop artist clapbacks is that this song that is pointed at the music industry or at the paparazzi or at the media i'm talking a lot but i'm very excited no you're good um they need to also like chart very high uh-huh like it does not count if you right, right if you successfully write a song about how the industry is problematic because anyone can do that but it doesn't get to the industry <laughs> Yeah, like, if it doesn't make your record label money, yeah. like, a song about how your record label is the worst needs to make your record label money for it to be a successful, yeah. this kind of clapback. Yeah. Um, so Sarah Bareilles is still, I think, the undisputed queen of that. But Taylor Swift really does try to come for the crown, like, three or four times oh, an yeah. album. <laughs> and it's only climb in every album. Yeah. <laughs> I also, now I just have love songs stuck in my head, so... A thing I will not write you. Number one, a love song. That's a song that needs to get chipmunked. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, or Kermited. Oh my gosh, Kermit and Miss Piggy because they got divorced. I will write you a love song because you asked 
for it. Because you, you need, need one. one. <laughs> you see, <laughs> I'm not going to write you a love song. Because <laughs> you tell me it's make or break make for it. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> sad. No. Oh, That's Kirby. a sad clap. <laughs> 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 Both just very gently away from the mics. <laughs> yeah, I mean, can you think of any other really epic? Okay, because we have the Taylor Swift set, which, like, mm-hmm. if you can think in terms of bad blood and ba- blank space and mean and innocent and right. look what you made me do, like, you can figure out the rest of them. And we have Sarah Bareilles, Queen of It, with Love Song. We have Ed Sheeran, Honorable Mention, with You Need Me, I Don't Need You. (laughs) Um, We have every single rock band that has a song about how they don't make any money on, like, their third album. Third, you know, between between second and fourth, usually. Like, it's on either two, three, or four. Um, The Classic Crime put it on their EP. Yeah. Because they're bold. Yeah. Reliant K put it on, like, album three. Yeah. Like, everyone has one. But, like, any other super epic, big, big ones. There's only one other I can think of, but I want to see if... None really come to mind. Okay. In that case, the only other one that is, like, the antithesis of it, which I also really like just as a project, is Younger Now by Miley Cyrus, Mm -hmm. which is about being Hannah Montana. Yeah. Um, But, like, in a very, like... Disney made me grow up very fast and now I feel much more safe and in touch with myself. Like I feel right. much more safe inside my own skin and therefore I feel younger now. Right. And it's like oh. between one of these two people because those two songs Look What You Made Me Do and Younger Now dropped within like a week of each other. Yeah. And so they were the perfect juxtaposition of guess who's in therapy? Yeah. <laughs> and guess who isn't? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Taylor Swift clapbacks. An album of their own. Yeah. It it should be. And it will be a playlist uh, yes. available on Spotify, and it will be called the Taylor Swift Clapbacks. Yep. And I will make that. I don't know if I'll make that in time for this episode, but I will make it. It'll be. It'll eventually get up there. As uh, Mr. Gutman would say, by gad. <laughs> it took me so long to figure out that that was supposed to be a, re- like, God, not. Yeah. Like, I'm like, who is he talking about? <laughs> by gad, my old friend by from g- high school. <laughs> I guess. I'm like, is that a place? Or yeah. <laughs> like, Speaking of is that a place as opposed to a breed of dog, the only reason that I thought of the Maltese Falcon is because of Malta being so heavily featured and everyone brave is forgiven. It was like, Malta, Maltese, the Maltese Falcon. Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> like, birds, Malta. Sorry, bird. <laughs> <laughs> it's weak a f- like bird. Sorry, bird. <laughs> it's fake like bird. Sorry, Sorry bird. bird. <laughs> You guys are missing all of the visuals. We're never making a YouTube channel. That would require so no. much more work. <laughs> Do you know how bad our hair slash outfits can be to make this podcast? You don't because it's a podcast. Yes. Do you have any uh, recs of the week? I do. I do have a recommendation of the week. Oh. And it is a spoilers <laughs> ahead classic in that it Ooh. is a single thing. Yep. And a book, movie, or music. I think I also have that. It is a music. It is Underworld by Tuatara, and it's an album, and it's an instrumental uh, kind of world music style jazz album. Interesting. It's very good. 
Um, I did not know what to make of it. And then I decided what I was going to make of it was my favorite. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, uh, it's it's nothing like what I expected. I found it because I was like, are there any bands called Tuatara? Because it's a fun word. <laughs> <laughs> I should just search up words I like into Apple Music. Yes, that is how I find new music. I do not look at there what you would like because every time I do that, I get recommendations for things I have already listened to. Yeah, it makes It's sense. like, you would like Panic at the Disco. And I'm like... That is correct. <laughs> I, in fact, I know. already <laughs> like Yes, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, Tuatara. It's instrumental world jazz stuff. Very fun. Huh. Um, makes makes me feel like uh, like stabbing people on the astral plane. In a good way. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's yeah. like war jazz as opposed to <laughs> dance jazz. War jazz. <laughs> Yeah. Enough said. Yeah, you know, jazz with war drums instead of jazz that makes you want to dance. War, yeah, war jazz. War jazz. Got it. Got yeah, it. Got yeah, it. it's good. Good, good, good stuff. Uh, good, yeah. Good. And the album's called Underworld and just some song titles Calling the Spirits, Ghosts of the City, Dueling Shamans, Street Walking, A. The Spider Pimp. Nice. Even Demons Fall in Love. Okay. Oh, there we go. <laughs> That's my rec. Uh, my rec is a TV show, and you might guess it from that. But it's Gilmore Girls. I was going to say, is it Gilmore Girls? <laughs> if you're looking for an early 2000s drama, c- dramedy type yeah. TV mm-hmm. show and uh, you like books and you like that type of people. Yeah. If you want to watch, and I have not seen a ton of Gilmore Girls, but, but I've seen enough episodes to yeah. have an impression. And my impression is this is like if Secret Life of the American Teenager had no secrets. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. From anyone. Yeah. <laughs> like, just as far as the way that the plot is structured. And yeah. also, like, such a cute mommy-daughter relationship. I love it so, so much. Sweet. Like, because they're very close. And it's it's so sweet. And, like, she goes through, like, a bunch of different types of boyfriends. It's not just, like, mm-hmm. this is the one type that she has. It's, like, oh. So, it goes from, like, small town, mm-hmm. um, like, nice, like, Potent nice boy. boy to, like... <laughs> Yeah, to like New York, like oh <laughs> hates the world. Yeah, I mean she, is <laughs> but loves her. Like oh, wow. And then like rich, like super rich party boy that hates like with daddy issues. And I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, yeah. this is excellent. Also, I am realizing that uh, Rory's dating history is very similar to Buffy's dating history, <laughs> and I want to know what was in the water in the early 2000s, late 90s. <laughs> that is not an insult. That is a compliment. No, yeah. Um, also, Rory is the, her name, if you have not yeah. seen it. She's not just talking about me. No, 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 no. Rory. Um, and, and Rory is not named after Rory. No, Although that I would be not. epic. <laughs> Although, I know, I, everybody has asked me that in my life. Yeah. And that's, then I f- that's why I finally watched it. I'm like, all right, who's this Rory? <laughs> Who's this fake Rory? <laughs> oh, it's me. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, fair. <laughs> All right. Um, I want to, I need to confess something. Hmm. It is the reason I have, I did not watch Gilmore Girls before. Mm-hmm. At the moment, I haven't watched it because I'm rewatching something else. And right. So I need, I need to, I know that I'm going to need to commit. Right. Because it takes a little while to get up to speed. Right. But it is because I was so angry at how incorrect the casting was of Alexis Bledel in the uh, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. <laughs> She's great for Rory. Yeah, no, it was Excellent, just, but yeah, that's yeah, fair. There was a different actress, uh, Kristen Krug, who looked and her act, who looked exactly like Lena's yeah. described, but also her acting style fit right. Lena so well. 
And also, Lena's supposed to be Greek. Yeah. I know. I'm like, she does not look Greek at all. Yeah. For for (laughs) all of these reasons. I mean, those... the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants is not a great movie, and the sequel is much worse. But I was so irritated because I liked the book so much. Yeah. Like, I was so irritated at that very big casting yeah. issue. And yeah. also that, like, the other three were really good yeah. fits for their characters. That it gave me, like, I didn't want Alexis Bledel to succeed. <laughs> um, which, oh. keep in mind, I was, like, 13 fair i liked i thought the sisterhood of the traveling pants was a good book like right you can't you can't think i was right <laughs> but i just want to get that out there fair. that like when i was younger that is that was my issue and now right. it's, it's on my list though like I, yeah. I need to watch it with fresh eyes yeah and now however i feel about alexis bladell i do cheer for rory's yes. so <laughs> I have a we cheer for rory's here we so. stand heidi's in this household <laughs> so it will so it will be fine but yeah, yeah. that is my that's yeah. confession time Love it. Yeah, it's just, it's very cute mom-daughter stuff. Weird rich parents slash, like, grandparents. Oh, isn't uh, that a mood? But, like, you love them, but you also want to choke them out. Um, the more you love someone, the more, <laughs> the more you, you want, want to, to kill, kill them. them. Ooh, is that not the theme of this episode? Yep. The more you love someone, the more you want to kill them. That song, uh, by the way, is from Avenue Q. And for lots of reasons, oh yeah, I'm like, where? Namely, our ethnicities. Uh, we are not singing it. No, but it is a song. So, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, where is that from again? Um, yeah, super cute. Uh, I love Rory and uh, relate to her very heavily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there are people I've met that I'm like, oh my gosh, I can no longer look at you the same way after rewatching Gilmore Girls because you are Dean. Oh boy. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Gilmore Girls to Atara. No, specifically Underworld. I haven't listened to their whole discography, yeah. but Underworld's great. I think I think it's about time. About time for what? Roll credits. Our theme song is Downtown Love by Reese from his EP, It's Okay to Be Sad. Thank you, Reese, for the theme music. You can support this podcast. Nope, that's not what comes next. This podcast is produced by uh, Rory and I. I do all the editing. Rory does a lot of other things, including pre-production, like reading and watching and listening to all of the things. I'm going off script, and now I don't want to fix it. Uh, Let's see what else. You can support us on Patreon. Uh, There's a link in in the show notes. And you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, which will eventually be updated. Yeah. Uh, It's at spoilers underscore ahead underscore. I'm very good at this. (laughs) And uh, we we will catch up with you next episode. That was kind of fun. It was improv. Ooh. Off the cuff.